The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. I was away last Sunday. I wasn't here because I was preaching in an African church. And um, I, when, when you go preach in an African church and 99% of the church is African, somehow people like me stand out. <laughs> and it's got nothing to do with color. It's got everything to do with the way we dance. Because the Africans know how to dance. They just, they just got movement. And, so, and, and I'm trying to do it. And, uh, and the pastor's next to me, man, and he's right into it. He's doing his jumps. And, and, and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, how do you do that? And so and I'm doing... So I got up there and I said, guys, I've got a steel rod in my spine. I need you guys to pray for it to be removed so I can dance like the Africans. Isn't that right, Sonia? Sonia, you were there. You saw how awkward I looked. But uh, <laughs> it was great. I loved it. And, and so this week I found in the Bible how God is a dancing God. And I thought, my goodness, God's a dancing God. And I never, ever in my whole life ever got a concept of a singing, dancing God. And I thought, I'm going to preach a sermon that I've never heard preached before on a singing, dancing God. Come on, let me ask you a question. How many of you have been sitting here saying, yeah, I've heard lots of sermons on singing, dancing God? Okay, first one for you too. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Nehemiah. Nehemiah, a very short man, Nehemiah. The dad jokes, just it's natural, yeah. The dancing isn't natural, but the dad jokes, man, they're easy to come out. Nehemiah, fantastic. Hey, it's great to have Sophie Christopher with us. Give Sophie a great big welcome to our church. Sophie's mum is a great friend. We've done so many missions trips together. She's a great lady, and she's told us so much about you, but it's lovely to have you here. It's also lovely to have Sonia with us, and um, her and her husband were part of our church for many, many years. They now live at Hawk's Nest, one of those really tough places to live, but it's lovely to have you. Give Sonia a great big welcome. And all of our visitors that are here today, a big welcome to you to at Life Source. Church, great. Have you guys back as well? We've missed you. I was just thinking about you guys the other day, obviously down Melbourne Way, right? Yeah, welcome back to Sydney. Matching tops, how cool is that? Very nice. Very, Anne and I used to be matching. She, she actually, Anne actually got a perm to match my hair <laughs> when I had the afro. And they used to call us frizzy and dizzy. <laughs> Now, I don't know which one was which, but it was like, and so we've got photographic evidence of Frizzy and Dizzy, and with the, the, no, it's not up there, no, no, see, yeah, can you see, look at the back, yeah, anyway, now enough of that nonsense, let's get into the Word of God. Okay, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, this is what it says, it says, then he said to them, This is Nehemiah. Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. For the joy 
of the Lord is your strength. Don't want to get into the first part of the, the verse because that's another teaching in itself. It's just the last part. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy. We actually, when I was a kid growing up in church, we used to sing a song with those words. And so I, I, I grew up singing this song but never understood it. It's like the joy of the Lord is your strength can become a cliche and I'd lost and I'd lost the connection that the joy that's my strength actually comes from God and that he is the joyous God and that because he's a joyous God, that joy that comes from him actually has the potential of making me strong because my concept of God growing up was, was a very intense God, a very severe God, a God who was very stern. Come on, be honest with me. How many of you grew up with that sort of God concept? Very stern. And so if you ever saw a picture in your mind of God, he'd be sitting on a throne clothed in light, but very stern. And, 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 and here we were singing the song. How many of you remember the song? The joy of the Lord is my strength. 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 Now, now did you see the hand movements? See, I used to be a worship leader, and that's the way we would lead worship, with, like we were leading. But, but it gets better. The song gets better. Huh? The song does get better because then, then we move into verse number two. He gives me living waters and I thirst no more. He gives me living waters and I thirst no more. He gives me living waters and I thirst no more. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And then we get to verse three, which has the most amazing words ever written for any song in the history of Christianity. Are you ready for it? Here it goes. Ha, 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 ha. How many of you know I've missed my calling? How many of you know? Huh? Mario Lanza, eat your heart out. The joy. John Goldrick said, Get the piano recording out. Get the piano. No, I will save you. Save that. The joy, joy. God wants us to have a bit of joy. And we kind of miss it in becoming intense. So, so this is what happens. The world has got a saying, the pursuit of happiness is everyone's right. But you know what the Bible is about? The Bible is about the impartation of joy. And we kind of miss the impartation of joy, thinking, no, 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 it's, it's not the church's responsibility to impart joy. We find joy elsewhere. And, and, and the misconception is this, is that joy is connected to all of your world being at peace. Whereas the joy that God wants to give us is an inner contentment totally unrelated to outer circumstances. That means you can have joy in the midst of trial. It means you can have joy in the midst of poverty. You can have joy in the midst of sickness. You say, what? In the midst of sickness? You can have joy? 
Joy's got nothing to do with you out of circumstance. It's about something on the inside. I don't know how many people I've visited in hospital and they've said, please don't make me laugh. It, makes, it hurts too much. Please don't. How many, how many of you heard that? Yeah. So here they are sick. They're in pain, but they can still be joyous. When we understand that joy is on the inner inside, it's an inner contentment. Joy can even be the gift to oppressed people. He said, no, no, how can someone oppressed be joyous? Well, we got a story in the Bible in Acts chapter 16 about two guys called Paul and Silas. And they got beaten up for preaching the gospel. How many of you know the story in Acts chapter 16? They got beaten up for preaching the gospel. And then they got stuck into jail. And then they got put into stocks. So how many of you think that the pursuit of happiness is, right, is not quite there when you're beaten up, stuck into jail, and put into stocks. But you know what? They could take away their freedom, but they couldn't take away their joy. And so he's Paul and Silas in the midst of the situation, and they're singing. They're singing. They're full of joy on the inside. Come on, that's the sort of stuff that God wants to give you because that's his heart. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is a God who sings and dances. You say, come on, where's that in the Bible? Oh, I'm glad you asked that question. Turn to Zephaniah. You say, is there a book in the Bible called Zephaniah? There is. Uh, Not Zechariah. If you get to Zechariah, you've gone too far. And if you get to Malachi, he's the last Italian prophet. You've really gone too far. But, you you know, it's around Habakkuk and... um, You'll find it if you just keep flicking through those minor prophets. And if you just can't find it, it's up on the screen. So. <laughs> okay, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. In other words, he will still you with his love. He will just take away the stress with his love. He will give you peace with his... How many, of you, how many of you need that word this morning? Some of you are just stressing out job situations, house situation, mortgage situation, uh, family situation. He's God saying, come on, let me just take away the stress, quiet you with my love. And then I love the last verse. It says, he will rejoice over you with singing. I did a word study on that word rejoice. And it literally means, get hold of this, to dance, leap, skip, spin around with joy and mirth. I don't know if you can get this, but the Lord will skip around. He will, some of you just can't get the picture. You're looking at me saying, I don't know if I can get it. But over you, he's going to skip and dance, fill with joy and mirth over you with singing, the singing, dancing God. This is what this scripture expresses, the singing, dancing God. Now, I need for you to get this. I need for you to get this picture because as a father, I I love this imagery because that was always in my heart with my kids. It was always in my heart to have laughter in my home. One of the great goals for me as a dad was to have my kids laughing. And I would go to extreme lengths to get them to laugh. I'll I'll never forget, just Stephen as a baby, 
one, one of my joys was just to make him laugh. And so I found this technique to get him to laugh. And, uh, and what I would do, he was only maybe, what, five months old, six months old? And so I'd throw him into the air and he'd go, <gasps> and then I'd catch him and he'd go, <laughs> and, he'd, and he'd laugh. And it was such a cool thing. So I'd, I'd do it again, you know. I got, I got him laughing. This is awesome. <laughs> so I'd throw him up into the air and he'd go, <gasps> and then I'd catch him and he'd go, <laughs> And he'd laugh his head off. And so I thought, oh, oh, Anne's got to see this. And so I was so excited. I called Anne. I called, hey, Anne, have a look at this. Have a look at this. This is awesome. This is wonderful. I got so excited. I threw him a bit too hard and he hits the ceiling. He goes, kaboom, into the ceiling. Well, guess who wasn't laughing then? (laughs) Give me back my baby. You will never touch that baby ever again. Why are you laughing? <laughs> so I had to find other techniques to make my kids laugh. And so tickling and anything, just, just the, the joy of making them laugh. It's just even today, if we have dinner together, I just love to hear the laughter. Don't you think God wants to hear laughter coming out of your home? Huh? Don't you think that he just takes incredible delight hearing laughter, hearing joy, singing, dancing? But we sort of we we sort of gotten away from it. When, when I was a kid growing up, dancing was of the devil. Lots of things were of the devil. I think smiling was of the devil. I think we, we were brought up in a pretty legalistic legalistic um, atmosphere. Uh, but what's funny was this, that was not allowed in church, but away from church, anything went, you know, it was just, anything went. And so my grandfather was, was a funny preacher, and funny preacher, so he was a preacher, very severe, but he was very funny outside of church. He was very severe in church, and, very, and, and it was like, how can you be funny outside of church, but in church, everything is very severe, And it was like, it doesn't make sense because then the interpretation we have is of a very severe God. And so we go away and we say, listen, you know, we can't, that's that's sacrilegious to laugh in church. To have fun in church is sacrilegious. And then the whole God concept is of God sitting on the throne, very severe. And that's not the God that the Bible talks to us about. It's a God who sings and dances over us. There's something beautiful to dance. You're going to love it, Ross, as little Hannah grows up, just to grab her hands and just to dance with her. You are so going to love it. And then the day will come when you get that dance floor and it's the bridal waltz and she starts to dance with daddy like that. That's what happened with my little girl. It'll happen just like that. So make sure that you dance. And you bring joy because it just happens so quick. They're in some other man's hands then. But uh, this is... <laughs> Ross is sitting there saying, she only got born three weeks ago. What's going on, man? <laughs> Take it away, my joy already. <laughs> He's already in depression. You know? It's okay. It's okay. See ya. See ya. Anyway, let's move on. Not only the God who sings and dances... Let's talk about the God who throws parties. Turn to Luke 15. And let's have a look at the God who throws parties. 
You say, what? God throws parties? God throws parties? What does it say that in the Bible? I'm so glad you asked. Turn to Luke 15. Matter of fact, in Luke 15, there's three parties mentioned. Three distinct parties. But let's, let's, look at the, let's look at this one in, in Luke 15, 24, because it is the most famous parable in the whole Bible. It's the parable of the prodigal son. And so you know the story. The prodigal son returns, and, and this is what the father says to the servants. We are going to throw a party because this is my son who was dead but is now alive again. He was lost but now is found. And they began to be merry. That began to be merry means chucking a party. What does it mean? That's Australian for having a party. Okay? And so, so this, this is joy and merriment. And so, but this is what happens to the religious people. They don't get it. And so then the parable then, it, it, it changes focus from the party to the older brother who was just religious, had no concept of joy and merriment. Matter of fact, his whole attitude was, I've been serving you all these years and you never chucked the party for me. And the father says, but that's your fault. I was prepared to, but you didn't want it. You were just too busy working. You were just too busy getting involved in doing, 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 doing. I've got to earn. I've got to earn the father's acceptance. Come on. Some of you need to break free from that to earn the father's acceptance. You can't earn God's love more than he loves you now. He already loves you with an everlasting, infinite love. There's nothing you can do to increase it. It's already at infinity. How can you increase infinity? You can't. So it's about time you stopped and enjoyed the father's love. Because then the next verse says, Now the older son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house, and he could hear the music and the dancing. Hello? Jesus is telling the story here. This is not being made. This is Jesus giving a parable of the singing, dancing God. And he's talking about music and dancing in the house of God. I don't know why for years I missed it. I don't know how many hundreds of times I've preached on this parable, but somehow my God concepts blinded me from seeing the singing, dancing God. I just couldn't see it. I've read it, but I couldn't see it. And so this morning, what I'm trying to do is rip off the shackles from your eyes, the bondages of your eyes, so you can see the singing, the music, the merriment of a God that wants to sing over you with dancing, just to enjoy the God who throws parties. There's another two times in this parable where it says that. Remember the story of the, of, of the lost sheep. When the shepherd finds the lost sheep, the end of verse 7, it says, But I say to you, likewise, there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 persons who need no repentance. And here's Jesus saying, there's joy in heaven, folks. Joy in heaven. There's a party happening in heaven. And then in verse 10, the parable of the lost coin. Likewise, I say to you, there's joy in the presence of the angels. So God gets the angels into the act. Come on. We're, oh, man, I don't know if you can picture this. See, God's on the throne. Yes, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. Come on. We're getting down. Angels, get off the, get down because, because we've got someone that got saved. 
Ah, how awesome. Marcus just gave his heart to Jesus. Come on, we're partying. And so the father gets off the throne and he starts dancing. Some of you just, your mind will not go there. You will not allow your mind to go there. He calls the angels, come on, let's dance. And so there's, there's this incredible dancing that happens in heaven over one person that comes to Jesus. A party is thrown. A party. He's the God that throws parties. I love that. I think some of you need to get hold of that. Third thing I want to say to you is, is that God is full of joy. Matthew 25 is a fascinating parable. It's the parable of what we call the parable of the talents. Steph was talking about talents and gifts this morning. But the parable is simply like this. To to one is given five talents, to another is given two talents, and then to a third person, one talent is given. And the master says, use it, do something with it. And, um, And so the guy that got five talents, he multiplied it and was able to have ten. And and get hold of what the master says, what the Lord says to him in verse 21 of Matthew 25. What does he say? The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler of many. Here it is, the bottom line. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And so it's like, you know what? There's this joy. It's fantastic. You've done incredibly well, but come into the joy. Don't stay in work mode. Enter into the joy. Don't stay in the mode of, I've got to do, I've got to do, I've got to do. Come into joy. And too many Christians are stuck into work mode. I've got to do, I've got to do, I've got to please, I've got to make him proud of me. And the master is saying, the Lord is saying, come on, just enter into the joy. Yeah. Same deal happens in, uh, in verse uh, uh, what is it, verse 23, same deal. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. And what's interesting is this, that one had increased by five. This dude had only increased by two. So, so what's, what's the response? Exactly the same response. It's not, well, your friend did better. He increased by five. You had increased by two. Sorry, but you're not quite as accepted. No, Enter into exactly the same response. Come into joy. Come into joy. What's interesting is that the third dude, the third guy, what's interesting is that his whole God concept was so skewed. His God concept was so different. And I'll get to that in a minute, okay? Can I get to that? Can you press pause on that, that thought? Because I'll get to it. I just want to open up the joy factor a little bit more. Because Jesus was full of joy. And sometimes we just lose sight of the joy that was on Jesus. Matter of fact, he says to his disciples in John 15, 11, he says that my joy may be in you. That was one of his desires. But do we see Jesus as a joyous God? He said, but John, there's, no, there's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus danced. Yes, there is. He said, what? Where did Jesus dance? Turn to Luke chapter 10, verse 21. This will show you Jesus dancing. It says, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. Now, any of you that have got a Greek New Testament or a Greek Bible, look up that word rejoiced. Because it's the Greek word agileo. That's the Greek word, agileo. It literally means to leap with joy and dance. And so this is what happened. The Bible tells us that, that 
At the moment when Jesus discovered that the church was able to pray for the sick, that the church was able to move in the miraculous, he went away and there he was just, him and God, they're praying. And he's praying to the Father and he's leaping and dancing and rejoicing. And then how Jesus leapt and danced for joy in the Spirit says, Father, I thank you, Lord in heaven, that you've hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, so it seemed good to your sight. So Jesus is singing and dancing. That's awesome. He said, but, but the others, yeah, four times this Greek word agileo is used. Once with Mary, when she realized that she was expecting the Savior, she, in, in, in Luke 147, in, in, in Luke 1021, Abraham, the Bible says, when he looked forward to what was coming, he danced as well. And then in Revelations 19 verse 7, it uses the same Greek word agileo for the saints in heaven when we're around the marriage supper of the Lamb, we're going to dance before the throne of God. Rejoice. How good is that? People like Marcus just can't wait because he's a dancer from way back. You can see the nimbleness of his toes. Just amazing. This joyfulness, the leaping for joy. In, in, in Matthew 5.12, Jesus tell us, tells us to, be, to, to rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Jesus actually commands us that word exceedingly glad, agileo, to leap for joy. And, uh, and Paul tells us in Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. And then what does he say next? And again, I say rejoice. We kind of miss it. We kind of miss it that the Bible is full of joy, full of rejoicing, and because we get into work mode, we get into doing mode, we get into busy mode, we get into church mode, rather than getting into rejoicing joy mode. What an incredible thing it is to be full of joy. What picture do you have of God? What picture, what concept do you carry of God? Do you carry a really... you know, just a, a, a severe. And to be honest with you, that's the sort of picture that I had. But I had a pastor growing up that was full of joy. His name was Bob Moody. I know that his surname doesn't quite sort of say it. Uh, but, you know, normally we say Moody by name, Moody by nature, but not this guy. He got gloriously saved. And uh, he used to be really happy. Every time he saw me, he'd laugh. He'd get that, hey, Johnny Juliano, how are you? And he'd get, I mean, I'm talking about my earliest recollections of church was with Pastor Moody just with his deep, resonant voice, just laughing all the time, just a laughing, happy pastor. I love that. Matter of fact, to this day, that sort of image of the pastor has influenced me. And now I do the same to your kids. You know, I'll I'll try to make them laugh and give that whole image of a happy pastor because that impacted me. But I was never able to sort of marry the two, that somehow he represented God. It's like he did, but I couldn't sort of bring it across. But but I'll never forget this day that um, I chucked the sickie as a little kid in primary school. Well, I can't remember how old I was. All I remember was still primary school, and I chucked a sickie, and I thought I could pull the wool over my parents' eyes. But I tell you, when my kids were of that age, I was, I've been there, done that. You can't pull the wool over my eyes. But I was able to do it for my parents. I don't know why, but, uh, but this, my mother, she was uh, such a doting mother. 
you sick? Oh, quick, let's, let's, let's find something, let's do something, whatever. Just doting, very, very doting, very protective mother. How many of you grew up with a very protective, just Italian mothers? Just Italian mothers? <laughs> I'll never forget the story where, where Alan Davies, who's Welsh, he was getting beat up by a bunch of bullies, and he, and he runs home, and he knocks on the door and says, Mom, save me from the bullies. She looks at him, slams the door shut in his face and says, you go and deal with it. I thought, not my mother. When the bullies were trying to attack me, she was going to kill them. She was going to, rather than sl- slam the door, you know, you go deal with it. It's like, let me out of them. I'll slice them apart. I'll cut them from here to here. Italian Christian mama. It's like... We'll ask for forgiveness later, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, anyway, so, so here I am in bed, chucking a sickie, and uh, mum's just running around left, right, and center, and I'm just, just relaxing, enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, I hear the pastor's laughter. <laughs> hello, Mrs. Giuliano. I've just come to say hello. Oh, pastor, so glad that you come. My son is dying in bed. <laughs> He's dying. You need to pray for him. Oh, I thought God was going to strike me dead. You know, I tell you, my stomach sank. It's one thing lying to your mum, but to lie to the pastor. And such a nice pastor. So he comes in. What's the matter with you, Johnny? I'm feeling better at the moment. Uh, yeah, and he says, no, we'll pray for you. God will raise you up. And, and so he prayed for me, had a bit of a laugh in the middle of it and prayed for me. But um, the, the, the point is this, that he, ex- I think he worked it out. I think he'd worked it out that I was chucking a sickie. He worked it out, but he still loved me. And you know what? I thought about that. And I think, you know, sometimes... We just misrepresent God so much. He knows what's going on. You can't pull the wool over his eyes. You can pull the wool over mine. You won't pull the wool over God's eyes. But he still loves you. He still wants to sing over you. He still wants to dance around you. And we kind of feel, unless we're perfect, unless we do everything right, this can't happen to us. And God says, I know where you're at. Just let me love you. Let me love you into wholeness. Let me love you into perfection. And too often people stay outside of God's joy waiting to become perfect, which, let me add, will never happen. You, you will never get good enough outside of God's joy. Well, where do you get good enough? By entering into his joy. Because into his joy, that's when the Holy Spirit comes inside and adjusts all the things that need adjustment. And so it's in his joy that we make the adjustments, not outside, but inside. And too many of us stay outside because of guilt and condemnation. This is what the Word of God says. There's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You don't come into his joy because you're perfect. You come into his joy because he's invited you through Jesus. You come into his joy because the doors are open. It's by his grace that you're saved. And when you come in, he fixes things. He fixes it in an atmosphere of joy and love and acceptance. 
And too often we kind of think that it's by the hammering, the discipline, the judgment that God fixes things. I'm saying to you today, it's enjoy that he fixes things and enjoy he adjusts things. And, and enjoy, we say, God, I just, I just want to do better because it's so wonderful to be in your joy, to be in your presence, to be where you are. That's awesome. And I just want to be more like you and enjoy this joy. Can I just say, the guy in Matthew 25 who saw God as a hard man, he stayed out of it. So he got his talent, he buried it, and he said, I knew you were a hard man. Then he said, the one who received one talent came, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man. That was his God concept. Not a man of joy, but a hard man. And so, so reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. Then he says, and I just took it and I hid it just in case I did the wrong thing. So I just didn't want to do the wrong thing, so I just did nothing with it. And the master says, well, that was the wrong thing by doing nothing with it. But what was even worse was that you saw me as a hard man. You saw that. That was your God concept. And I'm saying to you today, stop seeing God as a hard man. Stop seeing God as a God that is so severe that he's got his arms crossed looking at you sternly. Because too many of you have got that God concept. And I'm here today to say, no, he's not like that. He's actually like this, with a big smile on his face, saying, come, come into my joy. And you're you're standing there saying, but God, how can I come into your joy when I'm not perfect? And God's saying, I know you're not perfect, but I'm still inviting you to come because it's in my joy that I make you perfect. That's the incredible invitation that's open to every single one of you today. Can we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.